This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 20, an interview on Flonex with Luke Davidson and Vincent Britz from MTech and Farai Hetze from CFX Berlin. And we're going to talk about what Flonex is and how it works with ANSYS products, followed by an update on news and events in the ANSYS and PADT worlds. Hi there and welcome to episode 20. I'm Eric Miller and I'm one of the owners here at PADT, longtime ANSYS user and uh, as I say on my LinkedIn profile, ANSYS fanboy. And uh, we'd, we're happy to have you here at, at uh, our podcast and welcome back. Um, taking a look at uh, how things are going here at PADT. Uh, it's it's a September already, shockingly. It's the sixth when I'm recording this, and uh, we're busier than ever. It's kind of getting to the busy season, is, at least here in the Southwest, as far as events and things. And uh, we've got ANSYS uh, version 19.2 coming out uh, in the next couple days, if not week, uh, to customers. Uh, we've, we've got it, and we've been taking a look at it, and uh, we've also been adding lots of new users and new that are both at new companies and our existing customers are adding new users. So our tech support team is still really busy and having a good time. Um, so hopefully they'll join us uh, sometime before the end of the year. <laughs> um, we've had uh, 155 downloads on our last episode. It's been a little bit less than two weeks. Um, so people are definitely listening. Uh, we're up to 57, 56 downloads total over 19 episodes. So we did have a per episode drop of three people. So uh, do spread the word. Do share this with other folks. We want to make sure that number keeps going up. So we keep doing this. Um, also, I mentioned this in the last last podcast, and you've probably gotten an email on it if you've been getting emails from us. Uh, we are kind of cutting back on our email list. We're we're doing um, we're we're following the European GDPR standard uh, for all of our customers in that you have to specifically ask us to be on one of our mailing lists. So um, do that. If you'd like to receive information from us, you can do it by going to www.padtinc.com slash opt-in. That's slash O-P-T-I-N. And that'll get you to a little form where you can pick one of the four email lists that we've set up. There's one for ANSYS, so you just get ANSYS-related stuff. There's one for 3D printing. There's one for design, as well as a general one where you kind of get uh, basic information about PADT and news. So let's go on to the podcast today. <clears throat> so we usually talk about ANSYS and ANSYS-related stuff, and that's no different today, but what we're going to focus on is a tool that works with ANSYS that is really, uh, here at PADT, our favorite non-ANSYS simulation tool. Um, and Well, some people may say that LSDyna is our favorite, but ANSYS sells LSDyna, so we'll count that as an ANS, part of the ANSYS family. So this is a tool that's also part of that family, and um, it's a 1D fluid thermal network tool that models um, systems, basically, from a system standpoint. It's called Flonex, and we've been using it for quite some time now, both for consulting as well as uh, selling it in North America. And we thought that the ANSYS user community could learn more about it because we, we love using it with ANSYS. It's not, it doesn't compete with ANSYS. Uh, it, it works with ANSYS. And um, we're going to talk about how it does that. So I've got um, two folks from MTech, which is the company that writes and supports Flonex. And then one of the channel partners in Europe, CFX Germany, uh, which covers the um, German-speaking countries over there, they uh, also sell and support the tool. 
So one of their engineers is going to join us and talk about some examples that he's had and give his perspective. So I recorded that, uh, this, uh, this uh, interview this morning, so I'll go ahead and let that take over, and you guys can uh, learn about this fantastic tool, and we'll see you on the other side of the interview. So welcome to our interview today. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, one of my favorite simulation tools, Flonex. And uh, we've fortunately got some uh, fantastic people on the line that, that are experts in the tool. And so um, I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Luke, why don't you start off and tell us who you are, what you, what you do, where you work, and how you got into simulation. So I'm Luke Davidson, and I, so I think I've uh, started off by uh, selling fish tanks and uh, fish water sort of products. That's where it all started, and I think I've just been a guy that's, uh, when he's enthusiastic and excited about something, you just like to tell everyone about it. So that followed through to treating uh, little tanks to, to, to ponds and then to dams, and then from dams it went to wastewater treatment plants, and then that's when I started getting into, into the engineering. Mm -hmm. um, so wastewater treatments and water treatment plants, and then it went to uh, simulation, and then I landed up at uh, Flonex. So that was that's the sort of my history. <laughs> That's great. Okay, cool. Um, and Vincent, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Cool. So my name is Vincent Peretz. Um, I've been working with Linux since my uh, postgraduate studies. Um, my master's work involved doing some simulation with the software and yeah, basically kind of got pushed into the simulation environment straight out of university. Uh, finishing up with that, uh, started working working here. Um, at, at Flonex itself. Um, my work nowadays involves a lot of theory development for new functionality in the, in the software. So I work closely with the, the actual uh, developers themselves and actually um, work mostly on, on taking the uh, new functionality the clients request, working that into uh, some, some careful physics, um, and then explaining that mathematically into something we can implement into the software. Um, outside of that, I, I'm also quite involved in the support with the software. A lot of the um, support, especially at a high level, becomes requests in development. So I like to be involved on both the, the support side to get an understanding of to what industry is doing and what we can add to the software to make it better, and then also uh, fill the rest of my time with the development work to, to actually get that functionality into the software. Excellent. Very cool. And then uh, let's go ahead and, uh, Farai, why don't you tell us about yourself? Hey, my name is Farai Hetze, and yeah, my background is uh, a master's in engineering science. Um, I studied at uh, the Technical University of Berlin, and that study course has a lot of focus on fluid dynamics, um, numerical analysis, and CFD analysis. So that led me um, to CFD and simulation quite naturally. I've been working with ANSYS um, since my bachelor's uh, thesis, and so now I work at CFX Berlin. Um, we are a ANSYS channel partner, and we also distribute um, TwinMesh, our own um, mesh generator, and Flonex. And so I've been uh, coming from the ANSYS side and got to know Flonex only last year. And at CFX Berlin, I'm uh, part of the support team, and we also do consulting projects. So that's what I mainly do. Excellent. Cool. Well, I'm so glad you guys could join us at uh, multiple different time zones. Um, so you're in you're in Germany, and uh, Vincent and Luke, you're both in uh, South Africa, correct? Today. 
Yeah, today we are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Around the world, and I'm here in Arizona. So I'm, I'm jealous of your winter weather down there south of the equator right now. Um, so, <laughs> uh, basically, so we, we, we're, we're talking about a, a piece of software, a, a tool called Flonex. And I, I'd love it if, uh, Vincent, you could explain to us, you know, knowing that our listeners are pretty much high-end ANSYS users, they use Mechanical and Fluent and a little bit of HFSS as well, you know, what is Flonex? Uh, kind of describe it to them, uh, knowing their background. Uh, sure. Um, the, the, probably the, the easiest way to explain Flonex would be to say that it's a, a 1D network modeling tool. Um, we're capable of modeling flow and heat transfer in both uh, steady state and transient simulations. Um, the software is typically used in industrial plant modeling, such as, say, coal power plants or nuclear power plants, as well as um, the design of gas turbines, um, specifically in combustor design and secondary air system design. Um, the software itself uses a, uh, an iterative solver similar to a traditional CFD solver, um, which allows us to solve these large networks in a matter of seconds for steady-state simulations due to the, the reduced uh, complexity of our mesh. A traditional CFD simulation would have uh, hundreds of thousands, millions of cells, for example. A typical Flonex network sits in hundreds or thousands of, of, of cells, essentially, or increments. Um, this gives us incredibly fast solving times, um, and our, our use cases tend to be pushed more to system-level simulation instead of component-level simulation like you would see in traditional CFD. Uh, the actual software works uh, simply by dragging and dropping components in. So we don't use, uh, say, uh, CAD files as our input format. We use a drawing canvas where you're able to drag and drop components and link them together in a, a network structure. Um, these components come from a, a component library that has an extensive uh, list of components that you'll typically find in these um, industrial applications. And all of these components are based on fundamental physics and empirical data. Uh, the software itself also gives a lot of uh, customization options to user. Um, we have the ability to specify custom code. So a lot of our users like to implement their own correlations or uh, include code from other applications like, say, Microsoft Excel or some ANSYS tools. Um, Flonex is capable of, of co-simulating with these tools and gives the user a lot of flexibility in that. Um, so essentially, the software itself is, is useful for many different, many different stages in engineering. Um, it could be right from preliminary design in the sense of building virtual prototypes of new plants or, or new systems right through to assistance during commissioning, um, potentially uh, doing root cause analysis with the software, or um, even going as far as building a, a digital twin of your existing system. Um, you'd be able to use this during the operation of the system for fault finding on, on potential problems, as well as evaluating the effects of design modifications on the entire plant as a whole. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, so um, you know, we've been using Flonex here, I guess, how, I don't know how long it's been. It's been six, seven or eight years now, I think, that we've been, been using the tool, and, and we love it. Uh, and, and just for that reason, it's the system-level simulation and the ease of use that make it so incredibly powerful. Um, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's uh, 
what I, I think what I find most useful about it is its flexibility and its ability, uh, the ease of use of the tool to get just get in there and get things done very quickly. Um, when we're used to say in CFD world spending, you know, two weeks building a model, it's it's uh, you know maybe ten minutes. And then another another two weeks to solve it. Exactly. <laughs> So, so there's a class of problems that it's perfect for, um, which which leads me to my next question, which uh, is really for Farai as a, as a user of both tools. How, how is Flownex different from Ansys? And can you give us an example of where maybe I'd use Flownex to simulate something rather than mechanical or fluent? Yeah, thanks for the question. Of course, Flownex is quite different if you uh, like look at the the way the server works. We don't have like the 3D CFD. We don't have the uh, complex um, geometry, um, which we can look at in Flownex. But um, from my point of view, it's um, not about replacing ANSYS products, but rather to complement um, ANSYS products using Flownex. So what I do a lot uh, and how Flownex uh, got into my work life is to uh, do co-simulations, um, like um, ANSYS CFX and Flownex and mm -hmm. uh, running both um, in a co-simulation and providing um, benefits for both solvers actually. So the uh, 3D CFD solver will uh, benefit um, from precise and accurate boundary conditions provided by Flonex. Mm -hmm. So, like for example, if we would just look at a component as in a 3D CFD, we'll, we will have to set pressures or mass flows and fix them, which is actually not the way the system the components are connected to behave. So there will be scenarios, load cases, uh, startup scenarios, so the boundary conditions will actually change. And this is something uh, Flonex can feed to CFX and vice versa. CFX will provide an um, accurate description of a component um, in the Flone uh, Flonex network. And you can also replace CFX by fluent and mechanical in my explanation. So um, the coupling of uh, the Ansys products with Flonex is what I uh, find most, most interesting about Flonex at the moment. Very, very cool. Um, yeah, and we, we're, we're the same. We, uh, we've got a customer that just does that day in and day out. And, and unfortunately, it, they think it's so useful that they don't want us to talk about it because um, they don't want their competitors to know. But it's, it's a really powerful tool for them, and exactly like you say, to co-simulate and get those boundary conditions accurate. Um, so um, a question to, to, to Luke and, and Farai, you know, what, what are the top three things that you think make uh, your tool, the Flonex tool, different from other? There's a lot of these 1D system level thermal fluid modeling tools out there. You know, what, what sets Flonex apart in that crowded space? So I think, uh, Farai, if I'll go first, yeah. Um, just following what Farai just mentioned is that, uh, Probably wouldn't have highlighted this as one of our three strengths, but just because it's very relevant, uh, we're a preferred technical partner with ANSYS. So um, our, a lot of our development is in and around the, the ANSYS ecosystem, mm -hmm. if I can use those words or that phrase. Um, so, But the, the, the three main things that certainly set us apart is the fact that we've got an incredibly robust solver that's really fast. Um, that's... Uh, I think out of these 1D tools, that's certainly right up there um, uh, leading the pack. Um, our customer support is incredible. We put a lot of attention into um, supporting all our clients. We've got uh, a 24-hour 
turnaround time where within working uh, working days or the working week, uh, everyone must be able to uh, get an answer, whether it's through the website or through our channels. Um, and then, of course, our development. The development itself is very customer-focused, which is um, incredibly valuable to customers because uh, as we see the need arise in, in, in our full network, we develop accordingly. Um, so it's not from it's not a it's not a tool that's academic as such where um, the development is is really geared from a academic point of view. Of course, we have ability, um, but we are very very much uh, customer focused and, and geared. So a lot of the components in our libraries are literally being built from uh, client requests. So I think those will be the three. It will be the the solver being speedy and robust, and uh, our customer support, and then the customer focused development. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, you want to add anything to that, Farai? Yeah, I agree with Luke. But yeah, for me, it's um, the Ansys interfaces are like the highlight, um, as mentioned before. So that would be like my top point uh, in this list. Yeah, I think for me, having you know worked with a lot of our customers who have uh, 1D codes, especially in-house codes, um, it's the responsiveness of the development team that I would rank at the top. I mean, it's been fantastic to to get really uh, complicated new things put into the code fairly quickly and uh, you know iterated on and, and correct very fast. So that's been a great great experience for us, and I think ease of use as well. Um, has been a big differentiator when we when we go into a company that's using a competitive tool, especially again if it's in house. Uh, this is a really modern look and feel, and it's for me it's intuitive. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 no, that's that's very true. I'd have to agree with you. I think, uh, in fact, uh, particularly amongst uh, the the younger generation, mm -hmm. I'd say the sort of below forty years old, um, they, they jump at the tool simply because you know the other one D tools are. Uh, predominantly either in-house codes um, or just off-the-shelf products that are lagging behind in terms of just keeping up, keeping keeping up with uh, the modern interfaces and, and right. being intuitive, like you say. So, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, very cool. Um, so, I, my next question really is: Can you give us, uh, you know, two, you know? one or two favorite user examples out there, um, two totally different customers that did something that would make our listeners or engineers go, now that's cool. Yeah, maybe uh, I can start uh, on this mm -hmm. question. Please, yeah. Um, so actually the example I will be talking about is something I'm doing myself at the moment, um, but we think it's uh, quite a cool um, user case. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it's about a screw compressor, which we um, compute in Ansys CFX, and we uh, do a co-simulation with Flonex. Um, so uh, CFX will just um, will just compute the screw compressor with inlet and outlet port, and the Flonex network is connected to the outlet port. Mm -hmm. And then in the Flonex um, network, we are modeling a network for pressurized uh, gas distribution. So we will have um, like a pressurized gas vessel um, after the screw compressor. We will have um, a network distributing the air coming out, the compressed air coming out of, of, out of the uh, compressor. And this allows for the analysis of transient scenarios, um, as I mentioned before. So mm -hmm. we can um, 
for example, do the startup of the screw compressor against the closed uh, valve, filling up the uh, gas tank. Mm -hmm. And then Flonex will eventually detect um, that a certain pressure level has been uh, has been uh, yeah achieved by the screw compressor, and then open the valve and um, provide and feed the uh, pressurized air to the uh, pressure losses coming in the uh, subsequent network. And so what we see in this analysis is um, that the Flonex um, network can resolve pressure fluctuations coming from the uh, screw compressor. So we will have um, sound waves basically traveling out of the screw compressor, entering the Flonex network, coming back and providing a much more realistic acoustic um, description of the boundary for CFX actually. So the pressure is not set on a fixed level, but will um, deviate based on what Flonex um, sends back to CFX. And so maybe for our uh, listeners who are also ANSYS users, it might also be interesting how we got the solvers to talk with each other, mm -hmm. because um, that has been a joint development between MTEC and CFX Berlin. Um, so on the CFX side, we are using uh, user Fortran routines, which can um, like read Flonex output for the boundary conditions. So Flonex will provide a uh, will provide a static pressure, for example, for CFX. Um, for every time step, and CFX can read, um, uh, will read the data and feed it as a boundary condition, so as a user function, so to speak, um, to uh, the CFX solver, and in return, CFX will um, evaluate expressions, which the user is free to choose. So in our case, that would be uh, the mass flow and uh, average temperature on the outlet, and write that, um, write that back to Flonex. So um, this interface is uh, quite flexible. So a uh, user could also choose, uh, choose different expressions to be evaluated, different variables. Of course, you will have to uh, stay within the limits of physics, how to couple two solvers, but um, you're quite free about um, how you couple these two solvers. And both solvers will one, uh, run uninterruptedly uh, throughout the entire simulation and exchange data. Um, so this is quite fast and reliable. And so we are soon going to publish um, these results. Excellent. That that is very cool. Um, I'm thinking of my own uh, pressure uh, air system here in our lab at PADT when it starts up and it kind of makes some funny noises. Uh, <laughs> be nice to model that. And and again, I can't tell you how many times I've sat in front of an analysis, complex analysis, and going, God, I wish you could model the rest of the system because there is feedback and interaction with the rest of the system. But I'm just going to have to approximate the boundary condition. So with Flonex, I don't have to do that. I can I can actually answer those questions. That's pretty cool, definitely. And again, it's it's, it's the amount of engineering time that you're saving. It's oh yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah, we we'll probably we spend we spend a ton of time trying to kind of come up with a a lookup table that kind of approximates the rest of the system, whereas you can just model it. Um, it's it's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a? Do you have an? Uh, I guess Vincent, do you have a, a that is cool example as well? Uh, yeah, I can add something. Um, one of the things I've worked on uh, pretty closely would be in modeling uh, the internal cooling of gas turbine blades. Um, for people that are not quite familiar with the industry, the the blades in a gas turbine are subject to extremely high temperatures um, uh, of the gases exiting the combustion chamber. These temperatures are high enough to actually melt the metal that these blades are made of. So, uh, you know, since the the mid 1900s, um, 
technology has been developed more and more essentially in developing uh, internal channels inside of the blades to shield these or to, to internally cool these blades to prevent the metal from uh, from basically losing its structural integrity and then also to have this cooling air exit through these cooling holes on the surface of the blade essentially forming a, a film over the blade and shielding the blade from these hot combustion gases. Um, from a simulation point of view, uh, the design of these internal flow channels is, is quite a complex uh, process. Um, and during the preliminary design, many gas turbine companies rely on in-house codes to simulate this internal heat transfer. Um, and uh, yeah, essentially what Flonex offers in this is the ability to model a um, all of these internal uh, flows using components inside of the software. These will be uh, rotating channels where we look at modeling the pressure drops through the channels um, due to the uh, basically the friction on the walls, but then also pressure changes due to uh, change in radial position inside of the turbine. So essentially the centrifugal force having an effect on the, um, the pressure distribution inside of these channels. Uh, we also then have the ability to add um, heat transfer to these models. Um, the, the blades themselves have a lot of technology implemented for uh, amplifying the heat transfer in these internal cooling channels. They might be, um, they might be small uh, ribs inserted in the channels to increase the turbulence of the flow or pedestals. Um, Flonex has out-of-the-box models to model the, the pressure drop and heat transfer um, from these components. Um, but what really makes Flonex interesting in this example is the, the ability to model the, the entire blade. So uh, the internal cooling itself is, uh, is very well approximated in one dimension. These flow paths are, are one-dimensional in nature, um, and Flonex has all components. But when it comes to modeling the blade as a whole, we have um, the heat transfer from these internal flow paths to the outside of the blade through um, conduction. But these conduction lengths and conduction areas are uh, arbitrary shapes. Uh, a, a, a turbine blade is by no means a, a regular geometric shape, so um, a tool like ANSYS Mechanical becomes very useful here where you can simply provide heat transfer coefficients and bulk, uh, bulk fluid temperatures and have ANSYS Mechanical calculate the conduction through the blade itself. The external convection on the outside is then dealt with through um, either a CFD code or um, a, a, a custom written uh, boundary layer code. Um, essentially giving you a solution for the entire um, sort of flow and heat transfer inside of the blade, um, combining these, these multiple tools. Um, one of the big concerns in this, though, is the amount of time that it takes to build these internal flow networks. Uh, for example, building the, the flow paths inside the blade requires hundreds of components. There is a lot of complexity and hundreds of these film cooling holes. Um, building this in a... Um, in a one-dimensional tool requires dragging and dropping all of these components and can be quite a tedious task. Also, it's very prone to user error. If you imagine you could miss a single input or uh, perhaps specify the incorrect radial position for one of the holes. Um, what we've done recently with Flonex is, is used our, our API um, to, to basically uh, automate the construction of this network. So we've taken uh, data files that describe the uh, internal geometry of these blades and then used, in my case, uh, some Python code to interpret this data file and essentially uh, emulate the input of a user through the API, adding the necessary components and inputting all the correct um, inputs to these components um, so that they correctly uh, represent what was in the data file. Um, so essentially it gives you that um, 
that commercial solution to the internal uh, flow with the ability to that automatic network construction through this through this API interface. Um, that was was quite a quite a lot of fun to develop and had um, yeah had, definitely had me excited a couple of days. Yeah. As a turbo machinery guy who started his career modeling those freaking internal cooling passages, yes, 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 that is so cool and such a time saver. I can't even begin to tell you uh, how how powerful that is, especially now that you've automated it. It's uh, I actually do have nightmares sometimes of trying to put fillets on uh, on turbulence uh, pins inside turbine blades, <laughs> which is really sad. You don't have to anymore. So, uh, pretty cool stuff. Um, uh, th those are those are two really awesome examples from two totally unrelated uh, applications. So that's very very cool. One thing I wanted to point out with the example of the for the screw compressors, as I know that CFX Berlin uses a lot of CFX, but Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is also something you can fairly easily do, the co-simulation with Fluent. Yes, Correct. yeah, yep. you're right. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, they are Fluent interfaces as well, mm -hmm. and they uh, can use uh, Fluent as a server. They can mm -hmm. also um, communicate with Fluent uh, via JERT files. So mm -hmm. You will also have quite the open interface, um, mm -hmm. a generic interface, where you can specify your own um, variable exchange. So this would be um, yeah, freedom of choice here. Good, 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 good. Yeah, I just want to make that clear. We're talking rotating machinery, which which is what we, of course, use CFX for, but if you're getting into other areas, Fluent uh, steps right up to the plate and it works just as well. So, um, you know, we've gotten people, hopefully we've gotten people interested. I know we have a lot of people in the rotating machinery world that listen to the podcast. Um, so if you're using an in-house code or another code to do your uh, your 1D modeling or you would like to do co-simulation, this is this is great. And, and any industry as well. Um, you know, we've been using it quite a bit uh, in the nuclear industry and uh, some other uh, kind of unexpected ones as well as time goes by. Um, what's that's a, that's a question that we didn't talk about before, but like, what's the most unusual industry that someone's used Flonex in? Can you guys think of? Uh, well, I think uh, one of the industries which has just been particularly fun at the moment is uh, the bottling industry. Um, yeah, that, that's been, that's been a really interesting one. We've got a number of clients that sort of dominoing through the European bottling industry, um, uh, and that's those sort of big uh, big machines with uh, compressed air and putting the caps on the bottles and mm -hmm. all the hydraulics. Um, and then uh, recently we got involved uh, within uh, a really large scrap metal uh, uh -huh. company, which. Uh, Usually, when I associate scrap metal, I thought like, oh, the, the, you know, that that's that's uh, there's not much money in that industry, yeah. so it wasn't the one that I sort of go and approach, you know. Meanwhile, uh -huh. well, there's a lot of money in that industry actually, and they've got really high tech tools. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, again with cooling. So, um, uh, yeah, those are uh, two interesting ones. Uh, our major industries, though, are certainly the power sector and turbo machinery. I think that constitutes probably 50% of our our licenses. Cool. Yeah, um, so better beer through Flonex. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Good. I like what you think. <laughs> Fantastic. It's, it's really kind of sad that I'll, I'll go to a brewery here. You know, we have a lot of these microbreweries here in, in, in the U.S., and, and I'll be looking through the glass at the brewing floor, and all I can think of is I want to model that in Flonex. 
<laughs> it's really sad. That's the engineering you. Yeah, it's engineering me. Everybody else is, is talking about sports, and I'm looking at. Wow, I wonder if we could, you know, increase their yield by. <laughs> so true, yeah. sad, sad but true. Um, so, so hopefully we've gotten people's interest. Where, where, Luke? Where can they go to to learn more about Flonix? Um, you know, we've got we've got such a fantastic team here, and uh, everyone. I think that's what I really want to reiterate is. Everyone wants to help. Um, it's incredibly dynamic. They're incredibly smart. I mean, we, we've really got such a bunch of geniuses here developing the code, and um, and it's all really geared to to support those that are interested. Um, so, you know, with that being the foundation, uh, we welcome a phone call. We welcome uh, emails. The website's available. We're all around the world. Me particularly. Um, my my home in terms of hours spent is probably somewhere in the sky. Um, so I would welcome, you know, we're always at trade shows or relevant trade shows. Um, we've got, through the website itself, we've got uh, um, webinars, so you can sign up for the webinars at any stage. Um, we've got channel partners right around the world like yourselves, PADT, um, which is really our superstar channel. Um, you can just... Uh, uh, contact them as well. Um, so, and then I guess all the other mediums. We've got a fantastic YouTube channel as well. So there's a lot of the, a uh, lot of current and old <laughs> uh, videos on there that uh, they can introduce you to the code. And then, um, uh, yeah, to, uh, LinkedIn as well. I mean, follow us on LinkedIn. We do post on there. Maybe not as regularly as we should, but uh, uh, but cool. that is there is a regular feed there. Yeah, I, I really recommend if you if this got your interest out there to go to the YouTube channel, just you know, search for Flonex, and and check out some of the videos so you can get an idea of how the code works. It's it is quite intuitive and and it kind of cement what we're talking about here. So we, the problem with the podcast is there's no pictures, right? So um, it's kind of hard to visualize maybe what the tool looks like and how how easy it is to use. So definitely check out the YouTube channel first. I highly recommend and then go to the www.flonex.com. Of course, if you're in North America, reach out to uh, PADT and uh, in in Germany. You guys at, at CFX Berlin cover just Germany or what other countries do you guys sell in? Yeah, we cover the, uh, like the German-speaking countries. Okay, excellent. So, so definitely reach out to CFX Berlin there, and they've got to the website and find your local uh, distributor as well if you're in, in another country around the world. So um, before we wrap up here, because uh, I could talk all day about this tool, is there anything that any of you would like to share with uh, any of our users that we didn't really cover? Yeah, I think I think we're still like I've. Uh, Covered the gist of it. Is there anything you want to say, Vince? Uh, Vince is good. Good, excellent. You know, one thing I did want to—I wrote down a little note. Um, one of the things that we often run into uh, with folks that have an in-house tool that they've developed for years and years and years and years, and they've got these uh, in-house—they got these correlations built into this in-house 1D code, and they're always like, "Well, you know, we have these correlations built into our code. We can put those correlations into Flonex, correct? If they—if they supply the math and how it works, it's fairly easy for them or PADT or their channel partner or or Flonex to add those in." Correct. Yeah, it's it's actually really straightforward. Um, mm -hmm. As a as a user, you could basically go and um, drop those correlations straight into a script or into an Excel component, 
and uh, put that alongside all of your other flow components and simulate that way. Um, the components are not limited to anything particular. They could be pressure drop uh, correlations or heat transfer correlations. You have full access to all of the inputs on the components and can just take your, your correlation, put it um, alongside these flow components, use some, some data transfer links to, to grab values from your flow network. Maybe you want a Reynolds number or a Prandtl number. Mm -hmm. uh, use that in your correlation. Generate your friction factor, your heat transfer coefficient, whatever you need, and apply that directly to your, your flow components um, in the, the network solution. Mm -hmm. So cool. um, this will basically solve uh, simultaneously with the flow solver, and with some minimal effort, you'd be able to, to put in your own correlations. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I wanted to point that out because that's always one of the first things we hear when we go into to a, especially a larger company that's that's you know has a lot of intellectual property in those correlations, but you can use it and you don't have to maintain a old piece of code anymore. Find somebody that actually knows Fortran, right? <laughs> so, um, well, I really appreciate this talk. Um, I really appreciate your guys' time in the afternoon out there. And uh, <clears throat> like, like we said, if you're interested in this tool, check out the website, check out the YouTube, contact your channel partner, you know, PADT or, or the Flonex folks directly. We do go to a lot of shows around the world, so do check out, stop by the Flonex booth if you heard this podcast and say you <laughs> heard it and shake some hands. Uh, I'll add that everybody I've ever met that works uh, with, with the Flonex world is always a really nice person, so uh, it's worth just saying hi when you see them. So uh, oh, Thanks. I uh, appreciate your guys' time, um, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll follow up in a, in a little, maybe a year or so, and, and see what's new in the world of Flonex um, and, and share that with our listeners. And so uh, we'll continue to to expand the uh, the power of our, our Ansys users out there by, by looking at some of these other tools that work so well with the Ansys world. So appreciate Brilliant. it. Brilliant. Right. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's really been fantastic. Thanks. Okay. Really appreciate your guys'. Thanks. We'll talk to you guys later. So welcome back. I uh, hope you enjoyed that. I, I obviously enjoyed talking about that, and uh, I'm jealous of all their accents. They sound much more intelligent because of them. Um, so do take a look at, at Flonex um, if you do any kind of fluid thermal or any kind of system level stuff. It's, it really is a nice tool, um, and uh, it's, it's just a really, really good piece of software that works well with ANSYS. So visit uh, www.flonex.com. And um, I really do recommend, while it's still fresh in your mind, go ahead and, and bring up some of those YouTubes and uh, get, a, get a visual of what it is um, to kind of cement it in your mind. And that brings us to our commercial break, and uh, we'll, we'll learn a little bit more about uh, other things that PADT does here. Hi there. Eric Miller here to talk in a little more detail about a topic we bring up a lot in these podcasts, customizing ANSYS products to automate processes or add functionality. A significant portion of PADT's consulting work in the simulation world is working with customers to write custom software that sits on top of, or even inside, various ANSYS products. These programs can connect a legacy solver, import proprietary boundary conditions, or implement a new material model or custom fluid behavior. But most of the time, we work to write vertical applications that automate and standardize a specific customer's simulation process. From chip packaging to family of parts simulation to turbine wheel geometry optimization, we can work with your team to provide productivity improvements that can make things up to 10 times faster than the current process. To learn more, contact us at info at or call 480-813-4884 
and ask about ANSYS customization and automation. A little bit of programming can create an order of magnitude change in productivity. Okay, so the next uh, thing on the agenda is to talk about events. And uh, as I mentioned in the intro, this is a busy season for us here in the Southwest. We kind of, it's cooling off, so we have a lot of events. Uh, the first one actually isn't in the Southwest. It's, it's uh, in Dayton, Ohio. It's the Turbine Engine Technology Symposium. And we will be there with Flonex, of all things, uh, and talking about ANSYS as well a little bit. And that's in Dayton from the 10th of this month to the 12th, so it's coming up here pretty quick. And so uh, do stop by the Flonex booth and say hi to the Flonex folks as well as uh, the PADT folks that are going to be there. So we'd love to see you there. Uh, the next thing we've got is a webinar. It's called uh, Design, Simulate, and Print. And it's, it's a look at the ANSYS offering in additive manufacturing. And this is a topic that we've, we've covered already a couple times on the podcast, and we're going to cover again in an upcoming uh, interview. But the, uh, we're basically doing a, a webinar to talk about the different tools that you've got in the ANSYS family to model the 3D printing process, specifically metal powder bed melting as well as a little bit about topological optimization and other things that go along with uh, 3D printing. So that's going to be on the 12th. You can go to our website, the events page, or you can go to our, um, our uh, webinars that are, that are located on uh, BrightTalk, and you can sign up there as well. And uh, do, do attend. It's uh, from 11 to 12 uh, uh, Mountain Daylight Time um, on the 12th. And of course, if you can't make the live one, you can watch the recording. So just sign up for it. <clears throat> We're going to be in Colorado. Um, let's see here. On the 14th for the Colorado Life Sciences Innovation uh, Forum event. It's going to be in Westminster at the Westin Inn there. So if you're in the medical world, you're part of the Colorado Life Sciences Association or any other groups involved in med tech there in the Colorado region, uh, do, do uh, stop by and say hi. John Williams will be there as well as Norm uh, in our office there. I'm not sure how many of the engineers are going to go as well. So hope to see some folks there. Uh, I will be spending my weekend of the 14th, Friday the 14th, the evening of the 14th, and all day on the 15th at the Startup Connection, which is a local startup event for entrepreneurs and people in the startup community. Uh, it's put on by Chandler Innovations, one of our local, uh, uh, I guess you'd call them an incubator slash support organizations that's based here in Chandler, Arizona. So we're really looking forward to that. Um, Going to have a, a mixer and a reception on Friday the 14th. And then we'll have all day. I'll be on a panel and leading a panel. So if you're in the startup world or just want to stop by and say hi, I'll be in downtown Chandler for that on the 15th. Uh, next show up is on the 21st, and this is going to be in Colorado again. It's the Rocky Mountain Sampy Composites Workshop. Uh, it's going to be at Ability Composites. Again, you can go to our events page to learn more about that. And then we've got another event um, on the same day, which is the AIAA Rocky Mountain Section Annual Technical Symposium at the Metropolitan State University of Denver. Um, uh, and actually, it's actually the Metropolitan State University in Denver, which is in Denver, Colorado. Um, it says, uh, it's not Denver University, that's a different school. So that's all day as well. The composite thing is from 11 to 4.50, and we'll be talking about 3D printing at the composite thing and all at PADT at the, at the AAA meeting. So we hope to see our Colorado listeners and customers at those two events. October's uh, going to be busy as well. Uh, the one event that I want to make sure everybody listening to this knows about is the ANSYS Innovation Conference for Arizona. That's the user 
user group meeting is uh, on October 3rd, so definitely put that on your calendar from 9 to 4.30 at Skysong, like it's been the last couple of years. And the ANSYS Direct folks, as well as PADT folks, are putting that on. Uh, it's a great event with lots of customers talking, lots of engineers talking about uh, new stuff in the code and some application cases. Uh, so it's, it's a great, great event. I hope to see all of you there that are local. And then um, that same day is actually AZ Bio Awards. So we'll be at that in the evening. So hope to see you there. Um, the, um, finishing up for October, we're going to be down in Tucson for the Southern Arizona Tech Business Expo. And then we're going to be at AMCOM in Salt Lake City. So we hope to see you at those events. News-wise, uh, the big news in the ANSYS world is they did their second quarter financial press release. Um, they, they did their conference call and all that stuff. The stock hit 184 on, uh, or it's at 184.41 when I looked it up this morning. This is September 6th again. Um, the, they hit an all-time high uh, of 187 in anticipation of that uh, uh, announcement, I guess. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the stock's up to 187.91. So headed towards 200, I guess. We'll never see. And, and I always put in my disclaimer here. I know nothing about stocks. I have no information about what's going on inside ANSYS that would affect the stock price. I'm just watching it and reading what I read online. So we'll see what happens next. Uh, some of the details in that press release, and if you're involved in the ANSYS world, I recommend you take a look at it. It's, it's on the ANSYS uh, webpage under news. So it's the second quarter of 2018. Um, they're using, they're changing accounting standards, and then there's there's accepted accounting practices and there's non-accepted accounting practices. So they, they report like four numbers for everything. But the, the important ones are um, growth, depending on how you do the accounting, was between 11 and 13% as far as revenue goes. Um, and if you look at changes in currency, so I guess the, the, uh, some currency changes affected that. But if you take out the change in currency, uh, it was 9% to 10%, depending on how you do the accounting. So that was a good, good quarter. Uh, some good revenue growth. Growth, And one thing that was kind of unusual was that 76% of that revenue for the quarter was recurring revenue. So it was maintenance and leases and things like that. So that's uh, uh, so far year to date. So the first two quarters combined, it was 59% of revenue. So um, I think it does hover around, you know, between 75 and, and, and 55%, if I remember correctly. Don't, don't quote me on that. So it was a strong renewal month, which is always a good thing. Um, and the, this, they're sitting on, depending on how you count the, the dollars, 588 or 592 million for revenue in the first six months of the year. So that's a, definitely halfway, more than halfway to a billion. So we should, uh, should see at least a billion if, the, if you just multiply times two. We'll see what happens at the end of the year. Can't make any predictions. Um, cash in hand, uh, accordingly to the press release, was $696 million. So plenty of powder in the powder magazine to do acquisitions and spend on more engineers. And they have, speaking of which, they spent $116 million so far this year on R&D. So that's a, that's a lot of money uh, paying for developers and uh, buying things and all sorts of stuff related to R&D. So it's good to see they're spending the money on that. So the, that's, that's where they are financially. If you are very interested in what's going on from that side of things, do read the press release and, and draw your own conclusions from it. Um, but it's good to see it's a you know healthy, doing healthy, good stuff going on. 
So there's been no ANSYS uh, press because of the quiet period, because of this financial release. So hopefully we'll have some new news uh, in the coming weeks, but we'll report on that in the next couple podcasts. PADT-wise, um, I would like to say it's because we were releasing our financials, but we don't do that. We're a private company, but uh, we don't have any news to share. Uh, it's only been a, a week and a half anyway, so that's guess it's a good thing for a small company like us. We do have some good news to share in the next podcast, so I'm looking forward to telling you about that. Um, <clears throat> blogs a note. There's a couple of good blog posts on the ANSYS blog that came out since the last time we talked. Um, there's there's a couple articles on auton autonomous cars and how simulation plays a role there. Um, there was a really good one on on modeling the radar and stuff um, and vision systems on cars. So if you're interested in autonomous cars, whether it's in your industry or not, I, I recommend you take a look at it. <clears throat> Those of you who are not from the Phoenix area may not know that they test a lot of these uh, vehicles here in Arizona. It's the biggest place for testing these automated vehicles, and we see them running around all the time. Um, and you know, there's a lot of sensors on the outside of these. So these articles are talking about how those sensors work and how you simulate them. So it's good to know that stuff since that's the future. There's another article that I really got a lot out of on antenna design for Internet of Thing and consumer devices. Um, so there's been a series of articles looking at you know how to do antenna design and things like that. This one looks at reducing radio frequency interference in your device. So that's always a bugaboo when you're making these consumer devices or IoT devices, and everything has an antenna now. So how do you get rid of that RFI in your device? Uh, it's a it's a good look at that from a from a lot of different perspectives. So check that out. Um, other one I, I really enjoyed was a, it was just a really good example of using customization, but instead of in mechanical where we usually talk about it, uh, it was for ANSYS Maxwell. So there's a ACT extension that allows you to model transformers really quick. So there's very different uh, shapes and sizes of these transformers, electrical transformers, and there's a, it's a, basically a tool that lets you put in a, some basic parameters and build the transformer model for you. So again, even if you're not a transformer uh, modeling person, it's a great example of how you can use customization in the ANSYS platform to make your models build faster and really very cool application. And the last one that I thought was worth taking a look at, well, they're all worth taking a look at, but the one that I found very, very interesting was how to use Fluent to simulate borean nitride nanotubes. So I didn't know this, but um, borean, boron nitride nanotubes are the strongest man-made material out there. Um, they're, they're also, they conduct better than copper. It's pretty cool stuff. So it's basically a, a crystal turned into a nanotube. So check that out um, if, you've, if you're just interested in that sort of thing, or if you're looking at doing fancy modeling in Fluent, it's a really good example of that. So that kind of concludes this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I, we certainly did enjoy the, the interview, especially great guys that, uh, that work in the Flonix community. It's just a lot like the ANSYS community that way. Smart, fun people. So we hope you found it useful. Don't forget to subscribe to our emails at padtinc.com slash opt-in, O-P-T-I-N. And check out Flonex at www.flonex.com. So we'll see you in anywhere from two to four weeks with more interviews and information. And uh, don't, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, we always like email, always like input, uh, what you'd like to see on the podcast. And don't forget to share it with other folks. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 20. 
As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS, Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.